1: Dr. Lena is off for this episode, and I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Leslie Desmond. She's a pediatrician here at UC Davis Children's Hospital, and I'm happy she's here to talk about um, talk with me during this um, episode.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, great.
2: Today we're going to be talking about developmental milestones, which I love because they are just so uniquely pediatric.
1: Mm -hmm. And as parents, you'll always remember those first smiles, the first steps that your baby takes, and, of course, the first words.
2: But it can also be tough, constantly comparing your child's development course to others around them and wondering, is this normal?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So as pediatricians, we spend a lot of time reviewing the norms of these developmental milestones. But really, the experts, when it comes to all things development, are behavioral and developmental pediatricians.
2: And that is why we are thrilled to be joined over the next three episodes by the Developmental and Behavioral Fellows from the UC Davis MIND Institute. Each is going to help us walk through important topics of development, what expected, how to promote these skills in your children, and when further assessment and intervention may be needed.
1: Developmental milestones are typically looked at in large categories.
2: And these are gross motor, fine motor, language, cognitive,
1: and personal social. So today we're going to be tackling the gross and fine motor.
2: We'll start our discussion on developmental milestones with Dr. Van Ma, who's a fellow in developmental and behavioral pediatrics at the UC Davis Mind Institute, and they're going to help us walk through motor milestones today, specifically gross motor and fine motor development. Dr. Ma, thank you so much for joining us on Kids Considered today. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, so before we get into the specifics of motor development, can you tell us why developmental screening is so critical in early childhood?
3: Yeah, developmental screening is so important because studies have shown that the earlier a delay is recognized and appropriate intervention is started, the better the child's chance of making substantial improvements.
2: When should parents expect questions about their child's development, and can you briefly discuss the difference between developmental surveillance and developmental screening? So caregivers should expect
3: questions about their child's development at every well-child visit. Developmental surveillance, uh, in particular, occurs at every well-child visit and consists of observation, obtaining a developmental history, and eliciting concerns from caregivers. It is more qualitative in approach compared to developmental screening, which uses a standardized tool such as a questionnaire, and that's to identify children who are at risk for developmental delay.
1: And what do we mean when we talk about gross and fine motor development? I remember the first time I heard those terms, I was thinking like gross, like that's really gross or something. And, And then I thought motor, like motors are like in cars. What do we mean? How do those terms differ?
3: So motor skills refers to a child's ability to execute movement. So in particular, gross motor skills refers to movements using large muscles. So these muscles are involved in activities such as sitting, crawling, and walking. And in contrast, fine motor skills refers to movements using smaller muscles, such as our fingers and hands. And this helps with activities such as picking up
2: food and coloring So let's start by reviewing gross motor development, um, specifically typical gross motor development, starting after birth up until a child starts school. Uh, The reason we chose these ages is that they follow the typical well-child schedule when we see kids in the office. What are some of the highlights for each age that parents can expect and look out for?
1: Yeah, and really the newborns aren't typically doing a whole lot in this domain. So um, what about when they get to two months of age? So before
3: I start talking about the different milestones, I just want to mention that these are just ranges and there's no hard cutoffs. Um, And also we adjust for prematurity and other conditions as well. So from zero to two months, it's important to note how a baby appears at rest and how they respond to stimuli from their environment. And at two months, children can lift their chest up
2: when laying on their stomach and when held in a sitting position, their head kind of bobs. And at four to six months, I know we typically think about six months as a big milestone for introducing solid foods. Are there any gross motor milestones that should be achieved prior to introducing solids? So at four months, children are starting to sit with their trunk
3: supported. They roll from front to back and they prop themselves up on their wrists when laying on their stomach. At six months, they can sit propped on their hands like a tripod position and will be able to sit independently very soon. So before starting solids, it's imperative that a child has good head and neck control, and that means being able to keep their head and neck upright.
1: Because otherwise they might like choke or something when they're eating because of gravity, right? Yep. Yeah. So what about when they hit um, the 9- to 12-month range? What sort of things are you looking for there?
3: So before 9 months, some children may start crawling, and it's also important to note that there are different styles of crawling. And at nine months, children begin to pull themselves to standing, they start cruising at 10 months, and at 12 months, they begin taking steps
2: independently. And how about at 18 months? And what can we do to make sure that the home environment is safe for these newly walking kiddos? So at 18 months, children are usually very active. They're able to walk well and throw a ball from
3: standing. And it's very important to keep poisons, medicines, and cleaning supplies in locked cabinets and out of their sight and reach. It's also super important to watch out for outlets and cords.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I, I think I did that more than once, sticking my finger in the outlet, and that was not pleasant. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, so what about at um, two years of age?
3: Uh, a two-year-old is beginning to run, can walk downstairs with both feet on each step while holding a rail, kick a ball, and throw a ball overhand. And at three years? A typical three-year-old can balance on one foot for three seconds, walk upstairs with alternating feet without holding a rail, and pedal a tricycle.
1: And then what about four- to five-year-olds? What are we looking at then?
3: A four-year-old can hop on one foot two to three times, jump one to two feet, catch a ball most of the time, and a five-year-old is able to walk downstairs with alternating feet using a railing, skip, stand on one foot for 10 seconds, and jump backwards.
1: You know, in other episodes, we talk about helping children with their language development, their vocabulary by reading to them. Um, But what about these um, gross motor milestones? Are there things that parents can do to really help their children stay on track and achieve these milestones?
3: Yeah, so for infants, we recommend tummy time when they're awake to promote development of their neck and back muscles, and that's needed for sitting. Mm -hmm. And then for toddlers, we recommend promoting age-appropriate play. That means letting them run around, encouraging them to throw and kick a ball.
1: Mm -hmm. And I remember on our um, episode that we did on safe sleep, which is back to sleep for the young children, we did encourage a lot of tummy time um, for the children for just those reasons, when they're awake and when they're being supervised by their parents.
2: Exactly. And now I've got to ask what do you think about baby walkers? So we have a lot of parents that attribute these toys to their kids walking early, but then the AAP also warns that they're dangerous and do not promote gross motor development.
1: And just to clarify the AAP is the American Academy of Pediatrics. And we, you know, we, we really defer to them a lot. There are professional organizations and their guidance is really invaluable.
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, We do not recommend baby walkers because they can lead to injuries and such as falling down the stairs or falling out of the walker. And in fact, there's um, a few studies that show that their use can transiently delay independent walking because babies, uh, when they're in these walkers, don't learn to pull to stand, balance, or take
2: steps without support. Ah, I see. Can we talk about some normal variations in typical gross motor development? I know you mentioned uh, prematurity, for example. How do we correct for that?
3: Yeah, so there's definitely normal variations in gross motor development, as I mentioned earlier. um, The milestones I discussed are are approximations, and some children may obtain these skills a little bit earlier and a little bit later. In particular, for our preemies, we correct for their prematurity until they are two years of age. So, for example, um, if a kiddo is 12 months of age and they were born two months early, I would expect them to be meeting 10-month-old milestones instead of 12-month-old
1: milestones. Well, that sounds fair. Um, What about parents who inevitably will be comparing their child to other kids? I mean, this happens all the time on playgrounds when parents get together and observe the other kids, and it can be really competitive.
3: Yeah, I would say focus your attention on your child and remember that every child meets milestones at different times, and that's totally okay. And really try to celebrate your child's strengths and celebrate those accomplishments
2: and milestones. And are there any big red flags in gross motor development or skills that should alert parents that something else may be going on? And who should they bring up their concerns with if they have them?
3: So some of the big red flags in uh, gross motor development would be the lack of rolling by six months or the inability to sit at nine months, the inability to walk independently at 18 months, and frequent falls or difficulty with stairs at three years. Um, Other concerns would be asymmetries or favoring one side over the other, along with any loss of previously attained skills. Um, In this case, caregivers should bring up these concerns with their child's primary care provider.
1: Yeah, so most of the time we're concerned when a child doesn't meet one of these milestones soon enough, if they're late with them. But what about if a child achieves a gross motor milestone too soon, sooner than expected, so a child that might be rolling at two months or maybe walking at you know, nine months or something like that.
3: Yeah, so for babies that roll too early, um,
2: they may have a problem with muscle tone, balance, or uncontrollable movements. Interesting. And what steps would your child's health care provider take if your child was delayed on their gross motor milestones? So your child's doctor will refer
3: to physical therapy for an evaluation, and in some cases they may order additional uh, lab tests or refer to other professionals.
1: So they don't get referred to you for those reasons?
3: Not necessarily.
1: Okay, well, I think we've done a good job of um, getting an overview of the gross motor development, so let's move on and review the typical fine motor development, and let's start at two months of age.
3: So at two months... uh, Hands are unfisted half of the time,
2: and they can grasp a rattle if placed in their hands. What would we expect at about four to six months, again, focusing on some of those skills that we might need for feeding? So at four months, a child can briefly hold onto a bottle, and at six
3: months, they can grasp a bottle and transfer hands from uh, hand to hand, which is uh, important for self-feeding.
1: And then at nine to 12 months of age...
3: At nine months, a child can hold a cube with their thumb and fingers and bang two cubes together. Nine month olds can feed themselves finger foods such as crackers. At 12 months, a child can scribble an imitation and use a fine pincer grass to pick up Cheerios or a pellet.
1: And they can throw food too at that age, right?
2: (laughs) 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 And at about a year and a half, uh, I know one thing that comes up a lot is uh, potty training. So, are there any skills? Um, that might be used for potty training around this age? Yeah, so at 18 months, of trials can usually stack
3: two blocks and they can scribble spontaneously. And in particular, the fine motor skills necessary for potty training include the ability to remove clothing. Of course, they should be showing interest in using the potty, show signs and communicate that they need to use the potty and be able to follow simple instructions and, and can stay dry for two hours or more.
1: Yeah, and for more information on that, we have a whole episode on toilet training with a lot of good um, tips. What about for children two to three years of age?
3: So at two years, a child can copy horizontal lines, turn pages one at a time, build a six-block tower, and at three years, a child can
2: copy a circle and string small beads together. And what might we expect when we're getting towards the kindergarten year? So four to five years, what are the fine motor skills that show they might be ready to start kindergarten?
3: So at four years, children can copy a square and tie a single knot. And at five years, children can copy a triangle, draw a person with at least six body parts and copy letters and numbers.
1: Um, Let's turn our attention to handedness, so like left-handed or right-handed, because some parents will come in early and maybe at even a few months of age, and they'll say, I think she's going to be a lefty because she prefers reaching with her left hand. And then some parents have real strong opinions that, for example, it's like easier to be right-handed in the world Mm because a lot of things are oriented that way. That's the majority. So. Do you have any opinions or th- things that make you concerned about um, the left and right handedness? And when do children really truly establish their, their dominant hand?
3: Yeah, so I get this question a lot. So typically hand dominance is established at two to four years of age. And early hand preference before 18 months is actually concerning for motor difficulties such as cerebral palsy. Um, but that will often have other symptoms as well.
1: So, for example, they might be using only their right hand at a very young age because their left hand, they can't, they can't control it as well?
2: Yeah, exactly. What are other red flags for fine motor delays that we might be looking for? So some red flags would be persistent fisting after three months or no pincer
3: grasp at 15 months and not drawing a picture of shapes at five years.
1: And what can parents do to really help their children um, improve their fine motor development at home and reach these milestones?
3: So similar to what I mentioned before with the gross motor skills, um, really promoting age-appropriate skills is important. So for example, allowing a child to feed themselves at six months, as messy as it gets, and offering crayons
2: and paper at 15 months for scribbling. And where would a healthcare provider refer if they did have concerns for a fine motor delay? So your child's doctor will refer to occupational therapy for an evaluation.
1: And then if parents are interested in this, we've um, posted some resources on our website. But do you have any specific resources or things that you'd like to highlight um, to share with families about the gross and fine motor development?
3: Yeah. So the CDC offers a really wonderful app called the Milestone Tracker app. So it's for caregivers to track milestones from age two months to five years. It has illustrated checklists, tips for encouraging a child's development, and what to do if parents are concerned. And the other one is Bright Futures. Um, It's a national health promotion and uh, preventative initiative led by the American Academy of Pediatrics that offers evidence-driven anticipatory guidance as well.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I'd like to summarize some of the main issues that we've referred to during this episode. We've reviewed the expected milestones for both gross motor development and fine motor development, and we've highlighted um, some of the concerns that parents may have during this time um, in terms of red flags when they might want to seek additional assistance. But it's really a magical time to watch your children um, achieve these milestones and really grow. And that reminds me of a milestone joke. So, why do young babies make bad mechanics?
2: I'd love to hear why.
1: Because they have poorly developed motor skills.
2: Love a dad joke. It's <laughs> a good one.
1: So, um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about with this gross motor development is my wife tells me that she didn't crawl when she was a kid. She went straight from uh, she went straight to walking. Um, and and skipped the crawling phase, and you know we we've, we've talked about that because she's very interested in child development, um, and you know it's always been sort of curious. And now she walks she walks fine. She's perfectly coordinated. <laughs> she doesn't have any motor problems as far as I'm aware. But I always thought that that was interesting. And then she asked me, "What about?" me, did I, and like, I don't remember, of course I don't remember, and my parents have passed away, so I can't ask them, I don't know if they would have remembered anyway with so many kids, but um, yeah, so there are these normal variations. Dr. Leslie, do do you have any experiences with with gross and fine motor development with, with your children?
2: Yeah, I it's glad I'm glad to hear a a success story with your wife because um, I know <laughs> the the bane of my existence is social media now everybody's posting oh my baby did this at such and such months and it's so hard not to to compare but uh, it's good to hear that you can have a little variation there and and still end up a, a successful walker and adult.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered.
0: You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu.
1: Follow us on Twitter at KidsConsidered
0: and Instagram at KidsConsidered.
1: If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you.
0: Please call us. Our number is 916 915 3388.
1: Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com.